This morning, we're starting the series of Can You Relate? Like, can you? We're talking about relating. We're talking about um, what that looks like for us to be able to relate to each other, relate to things around us. And if you look at this word relate, it means to show or establish a logical or causal connection between, between things, to have relationship or connection, to understand and like or have sympathy for someone or something. For instance, like this morning right now in this gathering, it's described and what we'll be using through this series, it's described in Hebrews chapter 10, 24 through 25. I want us to look at this. It says, let us, Christian Renewal Church, believer, non-believer, everybody that's in this building this morning, let us consider how we may spur one another on. Like we can encourage each other like, hey, spur one another on toward just doing some nice things? No, towards love and good deeds. Let, let each other, when we look around like, hey, let me encourage you. Let me help you. How You're going through some rough times. Let me show you how God still operates even in that. And not giving up meeting together, small groups, it's a big one, um, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Like there's got to be something that happens as I'm sitting next to the people around me. They're going to know. We're here for a purpose and we're going to have a good time and we're here to love on Jesus and allow him to be Lord and allow him to do his work. And it says, all the more as you see that word, the day. Everybody say the day. Okay. Approaching. There's a day coming. There's a day coming where we ain't going to get to work anymore. And some of y'all say, amen. (laughs) It's like, woo, amen. You won't have, like everything you wanted or thought or, or hoped to do, it's going to be too late because that day showed up and it's his return. If I could break the Bible down in its simplest form, way, way simple, it's simply this. Since the fall of man, God has said, I got you. I, he's coming. I'm going to take care of you. Look, yep. And he did it through his, the, the Hebrew children. He did it through a, a, a particular group of people saying, I'll be your God. You'll be my people and all the nations of the earth will be blessed to you. So he kept saying, hey, don't worry. I got you, man. I got you. I got you. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And then 2,000 years ago, guess what? He showed up. God in the flesh. Woo! The son of God that made everything right that now we have complete access to our heavenly father, like no more guilt, no more shame, no more fear. We now, he took care of it all. So we connect with him and then he gives us this ability to say, hey, guess what? He's coming back. He's coming back. And that's not a scary thing. That's a beautiful thing. Some people's like, he's coming back. <laughs> he's coming back. It's like, guess what? He's coming back. And this is the joy we get to say is this. And God's not holding people's sins against them. That God's not trying to destroy. He's trying to build up. He's trying to release. He's trying to get you to partner with him. And so this is what we're here to do. We're here to spur one another on. We're here to encourage one another to to love and to good deeds. And as we do that, 
God begins to open up doors for each one of us, and especially keeping our eye on the prize, it's coming. That day is approaching. So what that, what that means for us today, we're, we've got four different sections we're going to look at. Today, we're going to look at what it means to relate or relating to the world. Relating to the world. That's what we're, that's what we are looking at. And I know when we, sitting here right now, we all have the same relation when we started this thing. Like everybody in here started your relationship to the world this way. All except for two. <laughs> like everyone started that way, you know. <laughs> Some of them got an extra slap. <laughs> you know, that was your day. No, I'm going to start. I'm going to kid. Take it easy. But it, we all started out with, you know, we couldn't see. We were just kind of like some of us were bald. Some of us had a lot of hair. Some pudgy. Like, ooh, they're so beautiful. <laughs> Not when they first come. But... We all started that way except for the first two. Like, Adam, could you imagine fully, man, fully grown? Like, he didn't have to go through that process. Like, he, God makes him perfect, shows up. He's, he's sitting there. He's not living, but he's perfectly formed. And when God breathed the breath of life into him, and went, and he became a living soul, and he went, he got to see God right there face to face. Could you imagine what he was looking at like, Father, that's my daddy. Let me tell you, he's your daddy. And God's wanting to restore us back to that, wow, daddy, father, where we have that sense of love, like there's nothing separating us. And then Eve got the same treatment. Eve, she, you know, he didn't make her grow up. It's like formed a perfectly beautiful woman right before Adam. And her sad thing was is she had to look at him. No, I'm she went, wow, wow, okay, let me look. And Adam looked at her and went, wow. No, it was a true story. But, but God, other than that, we all came into this world and we are, we're having to relate to what God does. And through our circumstances, through our situations, <clears throat> situation, through what we go through, we've got to be careful. Otherwise, we'll think less of our Heavenly Father. And we'll think more of what's happening here. And there's two scriptures I want to look at this morning that seem to be opposed. It's kind of like, hold it. God, John 3.16, which is probably one of the most well-known verses in, the, in, in Christendom. And by the way, if you're new to church, you, you might want to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. You might want to go ahead and memorize that one because it's going to be shared a lot. And so it may go ahead and, hey, I might want to get that one down just so you'll kind of feel like, yes, I, I know stuff. I, I'm not completely ignorant to scriptures. I can I can quote John 3.16. Um, don't be like me. Don't be like me my first time ever where they asked me to share my testimony in youth, Doug Watson. And they had this good Catholic boy wanting to share his testimony. I'm like, what do you want me to tell him? I don't know. I mean, I'm just thankful. I was, you know, a mess. I was wrecked. My life was completely out of control. God grabbed a hold of it. You know, I was strung out on drugs, everything. Got arrested on Friday. Got out on Saturday. Gave my life to the Lord that Sunday. So what you want me to tell him? And he said, just share whatever. Just share whatever. Share whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm going to share whatever. And I actually thought I nailed John 3.16. I was, 
I, I studied a while, and I thought I had it memorized, and I, I blew it. I blew it. I didn't get to the end. I, I was like, uh, God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him may not, uh, one of them was perished, but I said may have life and have it more abundantly. <laughs> yeah, all the youth did that to me. I was like, oh, yeah, you little Sunday school people over here. Like, oh, you know more. He asked me to share. So what y'all laughing at me for? This is one you may want to, but look what it says. God loved the world so much. John, the beloved, the one that wrote kind of like to himself, he wrote a gospel that kind of like it doesn't share a lot with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Like they're called the synoptic gospels and a lot of the same stories are in there and a lot of what they do are in there. But John's writing from a standpoint of, man, he's a, he's a father. That's why he started out his gospel, John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. Like, whoa, we're going all the way back. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. You go, wow. God. The Word. He starts out that way. And so when he says, God loved the world so much, you got to wonder, like, wow. And then if John in his letter to the churches of Asia Minor, 1 John, in in chapter 2, look what he says here in verse 15. You go, hold it. Do not love this world. What? God so loved the world, and he said, do not love this world. But God loved the world, but we're not supposed to love the world? I mean, God, you love the world, but we're not supposed to? And he even goes to say, nor the things it offers you, for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Well, hold it. But, but God, you love the world. And so it seems like if there were... There's this, this, this kind of tension that am I supposed to love it? I'm not supposed to love it. God, you loved it. I don't get to love it. And I want to tell you there's a difference. If we look at this thing we call world, here's a biggie that, that I want us to grab a hold of because you know in Scripture there's both the Old Testament's written Hebrew, New Testament's written in Greek. And so world is not the same thing when you say world. So here's what world is real quickly. It means uh, the circle of the earth, like this this ball of dirt that we're sitting on, the earth, land, the inhabited earth, like this, what part of the earth we call Brunswick, Georgia, the world right here. That's part of it. The, other, the next one is the whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, pleasures, which although hollow and frail and fleeting, Stir desire and seduce people from God. That's the world. And then also the last one is those who are far away from God. Now, if we were to go back real quick and look at John 3.16. Okay, get that A, B, or C. A being land, world. B being the systems, the endowments, the, 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 the thing there. And, or C, those who are far away from God. And we put John 3.16 back up here. And I said, God loved the world so much. What do you think? Which one would that be to you? Would it be the land? Would it be the enticing endowments, riches, all that? Or would it be those who are far away from him? I believe it would be C is what he's saying is that God loves those who are far away from him so much. That he's willing to do whatever it takes, including sending his own son to redeem them back to himself. And if we were to go to back to 1 John 2, 15, and we look at where it says, do not 
love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. What would that would be? I mean, I believe B, there again, this isn't about physical ball of dirt. It can be because you may receive an inheritance of a large portion of land. And you may have relatives that are right there, siblings, if it were, that say, hey, you all get this. And then all of a sudden you see what loving the world looks like. And you're like, that's mine. No, no, I'm getting, you know, it can get crazy sometimes. But what what John, the same John that wrote John 3.16, wrote 1 John 2.15 16 and 17. Let's look a little further what it says in 16. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. A craving for everything we see. And pride in our achievements and possessions. Anybody here besides me ever struggle sometime because you like stuff? (laughs) Actually, in one translation, it says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That just broke it down real simple. This is a New Living Translation. It says, for the world offers only physical pleasure. And if we're not careful, we can get caught up and get that wrapped up in that this world is all I'm here to do is have fun until I die. And I want to tell you, you can have fun until you die. If you'll realize what fun really looks like. Making an eternal difference in somebody else's life. I consider that like crazy exciting. Like what? You, you didn't know God? Let me tell you who God. Let me help you walk that out. That makes a total difference. Or a craving for everything we see. Anybody got a problem with their eye when they see stuff? And they, <laughs> when your friend gets something new. And you're like, hmm, look at that car. Or, hey, look at that house. Or, hey, look at that. You you see something? I'll I'll break it down real simple. How many ever been at a restaurant and you got your plate and they start bringing something out and you go. (laughs) You start looking like, you got something perfectly good here, but you're going to look like, whoa, look at that. That looks good. We're not careful what we do is it steals our gaze and we begin to look at things and we begin to feel like we have less than and then we try to put more. And then how about this one? The pride of our achievement, achievements and possession. Look at what I've done. <laughs> We're not careful. We'll use our titles and our positions to position ourselves away from people. We'll almost, if we're not careful, in the church, this has happened, even in the church, I'm a believer. I love God. Look at you, you rotten. (laughs) We'll look at people. It's almost as if somehow. mm, mm, mm. Y'all, yesterday. I love how God does stuff like this. Because I'm in Dollar General yesterday. You know, had to pick a little something up. Yes, I go there. and um, Good place to go. You ought to check it out sometimes. If you don't, like, I would never. I'm like, you ought to try. Um, So I'm. I'm in there, and I'm waiting, and I let a guy go before me. I had two things. He had five. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to hang out here talking. And so as I did, this lady, like he's paying for his stuff. I'm standing right here. And this lady came right there, and she's only about this size. She comes right there, and she's putting something on the counter. And as she gets a little closer, I start noticing something. Like... 
my olfactory ducts were just kind of like, hmm, hmm. And I look around and everybody's going, hmm, woo, woo. And I literally sat and I went, oh, wow, what's happened? And the, the, the cashier's going, and I'm trying to get, I'm like, hold it, there's obviously something, so I, I have to, like, I've been talking about this, my position is to help. I'm supposed to go to Lois, I'm like, hey, are you okay? Yeah? And I was like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, my, my son's right over there, and I'm like, okay, your son's there? Okay, good, I'm going to let him help you, because you got help, because there was just this odor that was so... Everybody that walked by, because and then when she left, she's like, uh, "I'll," you know. She goes around. What happens if we're not careful? And the lady back behind the counter, she started to get like, mm. "I was like, yeah, she needs some help." And I said, "That's what she needs. She doesn't need somebody to look at her and go, man, you stink. You smell bad. You need somebody to come along and say, yeah, you smell bad, but hey, can I help you?'" What we have to do is we've got to be careful. We don't allow our position. We don't allow our achievements and our possessions to try to elevate ourselves above other people. We've got to be careful and understand that God's given us those so we can now serve other people. We just looked at um, uh, last week talking about making a difference. This thing called, this word called transcendence. And it's not when I win, it's when I help somebody else win. When you help somebody else win, I'm telling you, something lights up inside of you. You're wired that way. You just go, mm, man, they got it. So I challenge you this morning. When we look at this thing of world, look what it goes on to say. Um, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live Forever, Can I challenge us this morning? We think about world and this thing of this system is what it's talking about here. John writing to the church of Asia Minor and still to us today. That we don't allow our, 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 our flesh to begin to dominate to think, if I get this, I'll be happy. Like, like okay, we, we've heard this thing called bucket lists. How many has got one of those bucket lists? You better get it quick because you're going to kick it before long. You know, you're going to kick the bucket and you ain't going to get to finish your list. Everybody. <laughs> so I'm just saying to you, you need to think about this. And it's like, I want to go here. I, you know, it could be something you want to do, somewhere you want to go. You know, you know, you may want to go see the beautiful mountains of Hawaii and go in the beautiful oceans. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to make you raise your hand if you've been there because I don't want to be jealous. But anyhow, um. If we're, we're, we got to be careful that we don't think about if I get this or if I do this and I can have this, then somehow I'm going to be happy and I'll be fulfilled because it's all fading away. It's, it's all fading away. And if I could challenge you to, to take control of this thing we call flesh, there's sometimes you have to do, and it's, it doesn't sound good, but you say it to yourself, you ain't got to say it out loud. There's sometimes you just got to say, shut up, flesh. Shut up, flesh. Because it will scream at you and you think, i got to have this. And you go, no, you don't. Remember your children when you would go somewhere and you would be at a store or you'd be at a, a theme park or you'd be somewhere and they just, ah, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And they're like having a conniption fit. They're like, they just, i got, I got to have that. And like, hey, whoa, relax. Relax, you don't have to have that. And they think, oh, yes, I do. Don't tell me. 
We've got to many times with our Heavenly Father say, look, I don't need that. Flesh, you don't need that. I want to make a difference in this world. I don't want the world to take over me. I want to, I, I want to make sure I make a difference in the world, not it make its difference in me. And so with it fading away. And what's important about that is this. Jesus was praying. And it's important. You know, Jesus, a lot of times in Scripture, it said he, he went away to pray. He went away to pray. And he'd go to different places. And it's like, Jesus went away to pray. Very few places in Scripture where it says what he prayed. Where he actually, you get the wording. He actually described, this is what I prayed. And in John, same gospel, in John chapter 17, we get a glimpse of Jesus praying. He's fixing to check out of this planet, and we get what Jesus prayed. How many know it's pretty important? If you're fixing to leave, I want to listen on what they what they praying for. What's he praying? And John records it, starting in verse nine. He says this. He goes, um, "My prayer is not for the world." He loved the world, but he didn't pray for the world. Who is he praying for? But for those you have given me, because that belong they belong to you. So he's praying for you. He's praying for me. He goes on in verse 13. We're going to look there real quick. He said, he tells him, I'm not asking. Uh, It says, now I'm coming to you, talking to his heavenly father, coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. Hold it. I thought Jesus wasn't a lot of fun to be here. I thought he was really trying to make their life miserable. Jesus was sharing the truth of the kingdom so they could get it and understand it and walk in and go, no matter what happens here, it's going to be okay because we're going to be good forever. It's not temporary. It's eternal. And so when he did that so that they may have my joy, and he said, I've given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong. Get that right now. I, I want you to, if you're a believer, I want you to think of this. I do not belong to that system. I do not belong to the system where I use the things I have, the gifts, the talents, my money, my ability to make myself and elevate myself above people. I use it to serve people. Amen. I'm not a part. I do. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. He goes on. Let's, let's says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Okay, let's be real. Okay. How many of us have prayed that? Lord, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I've done enough. <laughs> it's getting real hard. Go ahead. You can take me anytime. I'm, I'm okay. Especially for young people. If you got a, you know, a final exam coming up, Lord, this would be good. Or, or the teacher, or they lost it or something. <laughs> something happens in your life and it's almost like, hey, I'm, I'm good. Let's go ahead and go. And Jesus said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. In other words, There's going to be stuff coming at them, but I want them to make a difference. Don't take them out. Keep them safe in the midst of what they're going through. Help them as they walk this life. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Again, they do not belong. Let's go to the next one. Just as you sent me into the world, look what Jesus said. I'm sending them into the world. So what Jesus is saying, God loved those who are far away from him. 
He hated that we'd get locked into the system of what I want, my wants, my desires, the lust of my flesh, my eyes, the pride of life, and use that to separate. He said, I'm sending them into that system to make a difference. I'm going to send light in there and make a difference. And so I just want you to get this. We're fixing to get God wants us in the world to engage and change the world. And for so long, we've got to be careful because in the church, we're not careful. We'll hide. And we'll hide out like, uh-oh, the world's coming at me. Oh, no, there's stuff happening. I don't want to get... And instead of engaging it, we hide and run. And, and we hide out in a building and we think that's church. And I'm telling you, what happens out there on the streets is more powerful Because we go out there and proclaim. And then we bring people here and let them experience. And so if I could challenge us, there's just three things I want us to do as I wind this down. Real Three simple things. First thing we we have to do in order to make a difference, in order to, to, to love the world like God loved the world and not become a part of it is this. We have to set our gaze. Like, you gotta determine now, where am I gonna look? What, what is it that I'm gonna allow to fill my thoughts, to fill my mind, to allow, what is it I allow in here? Because I've gotta have some guards set up. I've gotta have some things set up that I'm not just gonna let anything or any part of this body just carry me away where it wants to go. So we have to set our gaze, and that's what Colossians, Paul, that's right, Paul, Paul told the Colossians this, the church of Colossians, it said, set your mind. We get to do that. I get to do that. I set my mind on things above, not on earthly things. And I know some people, <laughs> they've said, you got to be careful, Pastor Mark. <laughs> you don't want to be too heavenly minded <laughs> to be any earthly good. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, <laughs> we don't have that problem. <laughs> I think it was just the opposite. We're too earthly minded to be any heavenly good. That's what we've got to be careful is that we're so earthly minded about mine and me and who and what I look like and who, whoa, look at online for a little bit. We're not going to talk about that this morning because we go for a long time. Look at the, look at me, look at me. Nobody ever posts their faults like Paul said, confess your faults one to another. No, we brag about, look what I did, look what I mean, look what, no, I don't want to go there. (laughs) But we've got to be careful that we don't set our minds so much here. We We get to set our gaze. Lord, I'm looking at you and what you're saying and what you're doing. Not what I see just simply with my physical eyes. Because when I do that, you know what he does? He begins me insight to what I'm, what's going on here. So for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And it also, I'm not going to go there, but it says when he's revealed, we get revealed at the same time. So we got to set our gaze. Number two, let God amaze. We want to set our gaze, and then we want to let God. We want to let God amaze. And you go, Mark. How do we let God amaze us? It's real simple. Look what it says here in, in Romans twelve two. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. You'll be just like everybody else. You'll be wandering, floundering. Your life is always going to be up and down. You're going to be what? What's going on? If you'll simply do this, don't copy these customs. But let God transform you. Can somebody just say, let God transform you? Let God do it. And this is a neat thing. Many people think, I've got to do it. And I'm telling you, if you've got to do it, you're in trouble. If I've got to do it, and I'm trying to do it. And by the way, we just went through January. 
And everybody, a lot of people made these, you know, these resolutions. They're called New Year's resolutions. And we think, this is going to make it. If I don't, I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to eat healthy stuff, eat less of it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to do, woo. And about the second day, you missed it. And you go, well, I'll get it tomorrow. And then the next day, and now here it is a month in. Like, what was that thing I was going to do last month? Some stuff. That's because we rely, try to rely on our own ability, our own willpower. And it says, let God transform you. How? Into a new person by changing the way you think. You think God thoughts. You, look, you mean, Mark, I can, I can think God thoughts? Yes, you can. It's right there. It's his Bible, the word of God. He will fill you with his thoughts. And you go, man, I change because I'm thinking the way he thinks, not the way I do. And it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And then finally, you got the, you got to set our gaze. We got to let God amaze. And yeah, I did the rhyme thing just because I had fun doing it. And then, uh, number three is, he'll set, get set ablaze. Get set ablaze. Like, it's time to allow God to light your world up. And how he does that is found in Acts 1, verse 8. It says, but you will. Receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will what? Be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ender, to the ends of the earth. God wants to use you, you, me, us, to change this world. To make it a place where, you go, Mark, it's getting worse, it's getting dark. Yeah, it is. Because we're not ablaze to go, hey... When we're, we've got to be careful that when people say it's bad, you're like, yeah, but God's good. <laughs> that, hey, I'm not living for this world. So it's all good. And I, we bring hope. We bring encouragement. We bring change because we're in, we're, we, we've got the Holy Spirit. And that's what Peggy was sharing, the Spirit of God living in us that transforms the things that come against us. So think of it this way. I just want, if, if you've ever struggled with God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, I know the Holy Spirit probably gets the worst rap out of all three of them because we've had a Father and we understand what that looks like. And we've, we've been sons or, you know, we've, we've been children, so we understand, you know, being a son. But this Holy Spirit person can sometimes, people get freaked out because there again, as I said at the beginning of this message, because of our experiences and what's happened. And so we try to stay away. Like, don't let him do that. Don't, well, that's going to happen. I want to tell you, anything that the Holy Spirit has for you, you want all of it. You don't want to hold anything back. Lord, take it all because it's going to be good. And so when we look at this power, it's not power just to show off. It's power to be witnesses. It changes, it transforms, it gives us strength, it gives us all the gifts, and it, it gives us the ability to make a difference in this world. Instead of this world taking over us, we actually begin to take over the world. And so I want to I want to challenge you with one last thought, one last scripture. And I hope you'll grab it this morning and run with it when you leave out of here today. All all for the Gospels, um, John doesn't as much. He does. He ends his Gospel with actually Jesus eating a fish dinner with his disciples. That's what he ends his Gospel with. Them sitting eating fish and, and 
having a, a, a moment with Peter who had denied him three times. And three times he asked him, hey, Peter, man, hey, hey, look at me. Do you love me? And Peter goes, Lord, I, yeah, I love you. Yeah, I love you. He goes, good, feed my sheep. And then he asked him again, hey, hey, Peter, do, do you love me? And Peter looked at him like, Lord, no, you know, I love you. He goes, good, feed my sheep. And he asked him again, Peter, do you really love me? That's how John ends his gospel. But in the gospel of Mark and in Matthew and Luke, he actually gives them a charge. And he says to them, and then he told them. In chapter 16, verse 15, he said, then he told them, go into all the world. Hold it, the thing that's supposed to be trying to overtake me? Yeah, go into that. That's the land. That's the systems. Go into that place and preach the good news to everyone. What's the good news? That, hey, all of us were guilty of some serious crimes. All of us have done things, said things. All of us have had things done and said to us that we wouldn't want to see on these screens, that we wouldn't want repeated, that we wouldn't anybody know. Somebody died for it all. Somebody paid for it all. And guess what? All I have to do is receive what he's done for me. All I have to do is begin to set my gaze. All I got to do is let God amaze and all I got to do is let him set me ablaze with his Holy Spirit. You and I, we can't be holy without the Holy Spirit. You can't be holy without the Holy Spirit. It won't happen. It won't happen. If you would bow your heads with me. I just want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. And this morning, there's been a lot. We've shared a lot. There's wonderful time of, of worship and, and wonder. And, but I know that in a group of people this large, there are those that still are battling. And I don't want you to battle alone. The first thing that we could ever do is begin to set our gaze on Him. And maybe you've had circumstances and situations that's crowded out the life of God. And it's, it's, He's almost like you're blind to that effect. But this morning, this morning, you'd like to see again. You'd like to experience that love, that refreshing, that thing of knowing you're right with your Heavenly Father. Just like when Adam opened his eyes to see, wow, you're just that good. You're just that incredible, that awesome. That's what God wants to do for you this morning. If you've, if you've never accepted, you've never had that opportunity to connect with with God through His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit revealing Himself and transforming you, this morning I'd love to pray with you. If you do me a favor and a privilege, if you just lift your hand to the Lord and say, that's me, Mark. I need to connect in a way I have not connected before. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Lord, thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. This is between you and the Lord. I'm not going to ask you to come stand down here. That's, this is your time with the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I want you to transform my life. If you would, everybody that would like, if you just pray with me at this time, say, Father God, I recognize that I've got faults, I've got failures, I've got habits, and I've got hang-ups. But I believe that Jesus, you came to destroy them all. You came that I may have life. And I choose as an act of my will. I give you my life. And I receive in return your life.
Holy Spirit, transform me. If my life is yours. I declare today, you're my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I'd love to help you with that journey. Small groups is a way. Those of you who did, this would be a great opportunity to get involved with those. Don't wait for the world to get a hold of you. Go impact the world. Thank you, Lord. If you'd stand up with me this time. Thank you, Lord. Also, I'm going to ask the prayer warriors. They're going to be up here at the front. People to pray with you. If y'all would go ahead and come up at this time. Um, Come right here. When we dismiss in just a moment, they'll be here to pray with you and pray for you. If you've got stuff you're going through, you might have a physical ailment. You may have something going on. They will pray and believe God for you. It's better to have people stand together. So I encourage you, to, if you need prayer, please come on up. We'll do that. Amen. If you would open your hands to the Lord, I want to bless you. More importantly, your Heavenly Father wants to bless you to go make a difference. Father God, you're the creator of the universe. You're the one that commanded blessing to be spoken over your people so you in turn would do the blessing. And I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of His countenance on you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen.